Hi, this is Timothy Pig, and I want to welcome you to Text Driven Podcast, a podcast put out by the Ministry of Fellowship Church in Southwest Florida. Text Driven Podcast exists to equip you to know God and make Him known through text driven preaching and practice. To learn more about Fellowship Church, visit our website, fellowshipchurch.co. Well, thanks for joining me for another episode of the Text Driven Podcast. Uh, This is your first time listening. Let me extend a special welcome to you and say thank you for listening and choosing uh, to listen to the Text Driven Podcast. Uh, If you enjoy this episode, let me encourage you to like the Text Driven Podcast as well as share uh, these episodes with your friends and family uh, in uh, social media, on social media, or any other way that you possibly can. In this episode, we're going to continue our three-part series about Christmas. And in our last episode, we looked at how Jesus is the king of Christmas, but not just of Christmas time, but Jesus has always been king. He is the one who created the world, and he did so um, by spoken word. And in this episode, we're going to look at how Jesus has become flesh, or as we utilize the term in uh, theology, the incarnation. And with the incarnation, we're going to see some very, very important things, especially as it relates to just uh, the narrative of Scripture as a whole. As you think about the significance of what occurred in Genesis chapter 3, you'll notice that the relationship between God and man became broken. Prior to Genesis chapter 3, the, the sinful, disobedient acts of Adam and Eve, God and man were at peace. Uh, God and man had a relationship with one another. It was a perfect relationship. It was one in which God and man spoke together. They walked together in the garden. Uh, There was a relationship there. But the moment man chose to disobey God's word, the relationship became broken. There was now separation between God and man. And in Genesis chapter 3, we learn that God guarded the entrance of the garden by stationing an angel there with a sword, a flaming sword of fire. And now access to God was restricted, not because God did not love mankind. That's not the reason why access was restricted. We know that God does love his creation. He loves you and me. But the reason why the access to God had to be restricted was because now man was unholy. God is holy and perfect. Man is now unholy and imperfect. God is righteous. Man has now become unrighteous. And because of man's unrighteousness and because of man's unholiness and imperfection, there became a separation between God and man. And Genesis chapter 4, all the way through 
uh, the rest of the Bible, is the unfolding of God's redemptive plan to reconcile unto himself mankind, which is fallen, mankind which is unholy, mankind which is unrighteous, and mankind which is imperfect. That's what the whole story of Scripture is about. The reconciling, the drawing of God, the drawing uh, that God does of man unto himself. So when you read in John chapter 1, verse 14, the word became flesh and dwelt among us, it's a powerful statement because that means the God who is been separated from mankind because of man's unholiness and unrighteousness has now become flesh and is going to dwell among the unrighteous, among the unholy, among the imperfect. God became flesh and is now in the flesh dwelling among fallen humanity. And the question becomes, can God navigate this unholy world, this unrighteous world, without becoming stained by sin? And that's where the author of Hebrews says that in every way, Jesus was like us, yet he was without sin. So Jesus successfully, being truly God and truly man, navigated this fallen world without once sinning, without a desire to sin, without a thought of sin, without an action of sin. So Jesus maintained holiness. Jesus maintained righteousness. Jesus maintained sinlessness and purity. And that is why Jesus is an adequate substitute for our sin. You see, because we are unrighteous, because mankind is unholy, we need something that is sinless, spotless, and without blemish to die on our behalf. We need the righteous, spotless, holy, unblemished to die in the place of the unrighteous. Well, in the Old Testament, that was the, the sacrificial system of the animals where a lamb without spot or blemish would be sacrificed for the unholy, the unrighteous, mankind because of their sin. So the, the holy died for the unholy. The righteous died for the unrighteous. Well, this is what makes what John the Baptist says at the very beginning of Jesus's ministry so significant. Because if you remember in John chapter 1, we're told that John the Baptist saw Jesus and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. So John the Baptist rightly identified Jesus as the Lamb of God. 
as the one who was going to come navigate the world, remain righteous, remain holy, remain perfect and pure, and would die on a cross as our sacrifice for sin. Therefore, that those who believe in faith that Jesus is their substitute, that Jesus atoned for their sin on the cross, that person who believes by faith in that reality, in that fact, the Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So at Christmas time, the reason why Christmas is so important is because Jesus was born in order to die for you and for me. And now those of us who are looking back by faith to that event that occurred in history where Jesus died in our place on a cross and three days later he rose again. Now our adequate response to such an action done by Jesus is to lay our own lives down. Not in order to merit salvation. No, that's already been accomplished on the cross when Jesus cried, it is finished, and he rose again uh, victorious from the dead. But now we sacrifice our own lives as an act of continual worship of thanksgiving unto God for his gift of Jesus. So, what does it mean to sacrifice, to lay down our lives as a gift of thanksgiving to Jesus? What does it mean to worship God in that manner? Well, what it means is that you recognize in and of yourself that you, because of your nature, are incapable of pleasing God. Therefore, you need to die to yourself, sacrifice yourself, in order that Christ, the life of Christ, might live in you, for you, and through you. Because it's only going to be the work of God in us, for us, and through us that's going to make any action that you do or that I do pleasing unto the Lord. So, Christ working in us, Christ working for us, Christ working through us is our act of worship unto God the Father. And this is what Jesus talks about in uh, the famous discourse of the vine and the branches. As we abide in Christ, he produces fruit through us. And that fruit is not of our own doing, not at all, but it's the work of God through us. Now, I do have to just encourage uh, you with this reality. Because Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us, he continues in a ministry for us 
even now that he's ascended into heaven. The Bible teaches that he even now is our advocate to the Father. He is consistently uh, praying for us to the Father as he sits at the Father's right hand. It's, it's really an amazing thing to think about that the Son of God is praying for you and for me at this very moment. And I also wanted to tell you what Jesus can do for you even at this very moment. You see, in Isaiah chapter 9, the Bible told us, uh, tells us that, that Jesus' name will be Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. That is a fourfold ministry of Jesus. He's the wonderful counselor for you today. If Christmas this year is, is challenging for you because you've lost a child, you've lost a parent or a grandparent, and you're grieving, and oh, you put on the smile when you go to church, you put on the smile when you wave at people out and say Merry Christmas, but inwardly, you're hurting. You know you need some counsel. Can I tell you, there's no greater counselor than all the world, in all the world, than the counselor of Jesus. He desires to talk with you. If you'll just take your Bible and open it and begin reading through Scripture, you will find His words to be refreshing to your spirit, encouraging to your soul counsel, the exact counsel that you need in your life. You say, Pastor, I don't even know where to begin. I'd encourage you to begin in, in the Psalms. Psalms are, are wonderful writings that teach us about praising God in difficult times. And as you read those words, listen to Jesus speak to your heart and counsel you. The Bible also teaches that uh, Jesus has a ministry as the mighty God. Uh, that means that he is all-powerful. He's omnipotent is the word we use. He, he's not lacking in strength in any way. There is nothing too challenging for our God. There is nothing too that is stronger than our God. He is the mighty God. And because of his strength, that means we always have hope. Maybe Christmas for you this year, you, you have felt hopeless. You have felt that there is just no hope at all. You've received bad news and it's, it's broken your spirit. And you feel as if maybe you failed as this year comes to a close. And, and you're without hope. Can I encourage you that Jesus is mighty God and he is all powerful and he has and wants to provide for you hope. But then thirdly, we see in his ministry, he's the everlasting father. You know, one of the great treasures of the ministry of Jesus is the fact that he's with us. He does not abandon us. He's good at all times. He's everlasting. 
He'll never leave us nor forsake us. We are always on his mind. We're not an afterthought to Jesus. Can I tell you something? Jesus has not forgotten you, but he's the everlasting. And then the fourth ministry of Jesus that Isaiah teaches us about is he's the Prince of Peace. Are you at peace with the family and friends that you're going to spend Christmas with? Or is it going to take everything in you to put that hypocritical smile on your face and do your pleasantries when inwardly you'd rather not be or see any of those people at all? Maybe because they've hurt you in your past or they've done something to you that has caused you great harm and pain and sorrow and grief. And your spirit and your heart is just not at peace with people. Can I tell you something? One of the ministries of Jesus is to bring peace between you and your neighbor. And the reason why you can have peace with your neighbor is because Jesus has brought you peace with God the Father. See, the reason why we can be at peace with one another is because we're at peace with God. If we weren't at peace with God, we, we wouldn't be at peace with each other. So this Christmas, Jesus has come and he's brought us peace. Isaiah presents this fourfold ministry of the Son of God, of Jesus. So when Jesus became flesh, he became flesh and he brought us his counsel, wonderful counsel. His mighty power, His everlasting nature, and His peace so that we can be at peace with God and we can be at peace with one another. Thanks so much for listening to this special episode at Christmas time of the Text Driven Podcast. If you're ever in the Southwest Florida area, we would love to have you visit us at Fellowship Church. Uh, you can find our time and locations on our website at www.fellowshipchurch.co. Also, in February of 2023, we have our annual Great Commission Weekend. It begins on Friday, and it's Friday, Saturday, and it concludes Sunday morning after the 11 o'clock morning service at our Immokalee campus. And I encourage you to come and be with us for our Great Commission Weekend. You can find information about that on our website by going to www.fellowshipchurch.co forward slash GCW. Until next time, please know we're praying for you. and We pray that God would work his life out through you, in you, and for you. God bless. Have a Merry Christmas. I look forward to talking with you soon.